Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hello, thanks for joining me. This is episode number eight and part two of the discussion on forgiving God for allowing our child to die. You will want to go back and listen to part one, episode seven, if you missed the beginning of this. We were in the middle of talking about the big question of why. When we ask God why, why did this happen? Why did you let my child die? And I said that I had two ways of how to get past this big why question. And one is that we come to the place where we become weary of asking God why, and we accept the fact that God sees the whole picture. And it's interesting because I had someone share with me just a few days ago how they felt like this is exactly where they were, that they were just too tired to fight God about it anymore. And they finally got to the point where they just had to accept that it is what it is. And if you don't want to wait to get to that point and want to be more proactive, I suggest that you do this. Change your why question to asking how. We talked about last week how you're probably not going to get the answer from God and go back and listen to that to remind yourself if you need to. But the question that God will answer is how. How are you going to get me through this? How are you going to make this into something good? That's just crazy to think about. You said you're going to turn it into something good. How do you turn the death of my child into something good? How are you going to get me out of this darkness? How are you going to make me even want to live again? Right? Those are the kinds of questions that God wants to answer for you. And we need to remind ourselves that it's impossible to have a need that God cannot meet. Everything in our lives is redeemable. Isaiah 43, 1 says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. See, God is an expert at bringing life from death. That's his specialty, bringing life from death. And that includes our own death. We feel like we died when our child died, right? And he can bring life and breathe life back into us. Somewhere shortly after Becca died, I don't remember if I heard it or I read the words, spiritual blessings come wrapped in trials. And I wrote myself a note saying the loss of a child is an awfully deep trial to wrap a blessing in. And I heard God speak to my heart a very unexpected answer. And that's one reason I know it was God, because I heard the words in my thoughts, I know, because my son died, and it was wrapped in the blessing of you. Wow, that hit me hard. Spiritual blessings come wrapped in trials. And God knows how deep of a trial it is to wrap a blessing in with the death of your child because God's son died and it was wrapped in the blessing of you. See, God didn't leave me. He didn't leave you. 
God carried me through those very dark first couple of years. I can't say that he walked with me because I don't think I did much walking for a long time. See, God is not my crutch to prop me up. He is my wheelchair to carry me. And he was certainly carrying me for those first few years after Becca died. Having God's favor. The last episode, we talked about the misconception of when we say God is good. And we think that means that we get everything we want. And that means God is good. And another thing that I think we misunderstand sometimes is having God's favor, because we think it means we have God's favor when everything is going good, and we see all these blessings, I'm giving air quotes here, all these blessings being poured out on our lives. And we think that when everything's going good for us, we have God's favor. And if something's going wrong for us, we don't have God's favor. But I don't see that as true. I believe that God's ultimate favor is to know him intimately. Philippians 3.10 says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Now we get all excited there. Yes, we want to know God and his resurrection power. But it goes on to say, and that we may share in his sufferings. And I believe we cannot know the power of his resurrection if we have not shared in his sufferings. Now, none of us are going to be able to share fully in the sufferings. We're not even going to come close. Isn't that something to think about? Think about the pain that we have gone through through the death of our child, and it doesn't even compare to the suffering that Jesus went through on our behalf. But because we have suffered what people will say is the worst tragedy you can experience on this earth is the death of your child. And because we have suffered that depth of pain, it gives us a whole new level to be able to know God on. To think that God actually watched his son being tortured and murdered, a horrific death. And to think that we can partake in that in the suffering of the death of a child to know God on that level is really something i believe it's there's something about it that allows us to know God if we choose to to know him more intimately than we ever could before without the death of our child But we have to press into that, and we have to want that intimacy with him. And to me, that is his ultimate favor. It's not having all these good things happening to us in our lives, but God's ultimate favor is to know him intimately. A lot of Christians have been taught that God has a wonderful plan for their lives, and we think that means our life is going to be great. When we become a Christian, we pray and we claim scriptures and in all kinds of things that we're taught to do, and we think that our life is going to be great. It's going to be full of fun and laughter and sunshine, and nothing bad will ever touch us. But that's something that man says. God never said he has a wonderful life for us here on earth. Jesus told us we're going to have hard times. He said those who mourn will be comforted. He didn't say that we'll never mourn. He said 
those who mourn will be comforted. He said we will always have the poor with us. He didn't end poverty. These are the things that he will use the most to draw us closer to himself, to know him in the fullness of who he is. See, God does have a plan for your life, and it is full of wonder and amazement at the goodness and faithfulness of God through both the incredible blessings and the painful tragedies. Because through both of these, we have the opportunity to see his hand at work in our lives. And we get to decide whether or not we're going to choose to accept that. See, I can choose to believe there is no God or he would have saved my child. I can choose to believe that if there is a God, he isn't good and he isn't fair or he would have saved my child. Both of these options leave me feeling angry and empty. And I personally have chosen a third option, that there is a God, that his thoughts and ways are so much higher than mine, that he loves me with a perfect love. And even though I don't understand why he has allowed this to happen, I still trust him with my life, both here on earth and for eternity. And this option has brought me to a place of peace and rest and hope and life again, even within the pain. It's interesting because I have learned that peace and pain can both be in me at the exact same time. And that's because the pain is in my soul. It's in my emotions. It's in my thoughts. It's in my mind. It's my feelings. The peace is in my spirit. And so I can have peace and pain at the same time. Death is a part of life. We all die at some point. And as painful as it is, some of us will have children who leave this earth ahead of us. And the question is, how are we going to choose to live the rest of our lives when they're gone and there's nothing we can do to bring them back? Now, I understand the beginning, we can't choose to come out of the grief. It's on us. We have to go through it. But at some point, you're going to find that you can start making choices. And most of us, we start out by choosing the grief. It's like we're afraid if we let go of the grief, we're letting go of our child, and that's not true. So we get to a point where we can start choosing how we're going to think and what direction we're going to take our lives. During grief, People either move toward God or they move away from him. But when we move away from him, we're moving away from the one who can help us the most. God wants to walk with us through this valley of death. I know Psalm 23 calls it the shadow of the valley of death. And to me, it's like there's no shadow. It's just all darkness. It's just all death. It's just there, right? It's just dark. But he wants to give us comfort. He wants to walk with us or, like I said, carry us. He wants to give us strength. He wants to give us hope. And these are all things we desperately need. But if we choose to move away from him and we choose to stay angry at him, then we're going to continue to desperately need these things. And this is a time to get as close to God as you possibly can. If I gave my child everything he or she wanted, would they truly love me? 
or would they just love what I can do for them, what I can give them? It would be like if I ever tell them, no, I don't love you because you won't give me what I want. And that's, in a way, what we're doing with our relationship with God. I'm mad at you because you didn't give me what I wanted, and this hurts. And we can't see the purpose or the reason behind it. But the thing is, if God gave us everything we wanted, it wouldn't be a relationship of love, and he wouldn't be a perfect father. Think about this. This is just a very simple example. But let's say that there's a farmer and he's praying for rain. He needs rain for his crops. And then you have about 30 kids who are getting ready to play a soccer game. And you have half of these parents are praying that there's not going to be rain so their kids can play this game. Now, which prayer is God going to answer? He can see the big picture and somebody's not going to get their prayer answered, right? So... God sees the big picture. And sometimes our prayers, when we can't see the big picture, there's a domino effect. If this happens, then this will happen. This will happen. It'll affect this person. And so God sees the big picture. All we can see is our loss and our pain. So that's part of being a perfect father. And that's part of the relationship of love and intimacy is choosing to trust him when you can't see the big picture. It makes me think about a distraught child who's crying uncontrollably. And I see the father bending down to pick up that child. And the child is so upset, he's just kicking and screaming. And he's fighting this father who's trying to pick him up. And the dad picks him up and holds him anyway through the kicking and the screaming. And eventually, this child runs out of strength and he relaxes in the embrace of his loving father. And now that child can receive the comfort and the strength and the hope that he wants and needs. And it's the same with us. I encourage you not to fight the one who can give you the very things you need. Surrender and let him embrace you and carry you in his strong arms of love. God says that our grief can turn to joy. I know it doesn't seem like it but it can. John 16, 20 says, you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. Is just one of the many scriptures with a promise of mourning and sorrow being turned to joy in our lives. Now, I'm not telling you that losing your child will turn into something joyous in your life, but I am telling you that it is possible to have joy again in your life beyond the grief. And going to that place does not mean you're putting your child behind you. That is impossible to do. But with all of these promises from God, I choose to believe his word, no matter what my feelings are telling me at the moment. I choose to plant a seed of hope and watch it grow, being watered by his promises, so that it can become the fruit of joy manifested in my life. Think about the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Those are things that we need desperately right now, right? So plant that seed of hope and water it and do what you can to help that seed grow so that you will see the fruit of what you need in your life from him. You can be sure 
that he does not want us to stay in a place of anguish and darkness and despair, but the decision is left up to us when or if we want to come out of this place. And as soon as we decide we want out, he will be right there as our helper and our guide. And there will be times it will be like he gives us a rope to pull us up. And other times we have to do our own climbing. But it's worth it. It is worth choosing to come out of that black pit and up to a lighted path to be a part of the lives of the rest of our family, those of us who have other children or our spouse, maybe grandchildren, other family members, friends, people we haven't even met yet who need us. I'm telling you, life is worth living again. It is not what God will do, but that God will be. And you can choose to trust his love for you even when you can't see it or feel it. I know it's hard to trust someone if we believe that they caused something negative and painful in our lives. And if you're blaming God for what happened to your son or your daughter, you're going to have an extremely difficult time getting through the suffocating darkness and back into light and life and hope again. Unforgiveness is toxic to every part of our being, our bodies, our soul, which is our mind, our will and emotions, and it's toxic to our spirit. So I'm encouraging you to make the same choice to forgive God that I've asked you to make to forgive your child, yourself, others that we've been doing these last few weeks. Now, I have written out prayers for you for these other people to forgive. But when it comes to you and God, I am not writing out a prayer for that. You need to give it your own words. It needs to come from your own heart. And if you're angry at him, tell him you're angry. He already knows it and he can take it. Let yourself feel the emotions. Take them to God and tell him, even though you don't feel like it, even though you're angry and you don't understand, tell him that you choose to forgive him for not saving your child from death. And tell him what you need. Tell him you need peace, you need comfort, you need this pain to stop hurting so bad. Those are some of the things that I told him. I remember, God, when is it going to stop hurting this much? Please help it to stop hurting. And it took a long time. It is something we have to go through. But just lay it all at his feet. Lay it all out there and forgive him. Speak the words, God, I forgive you. That sounds horrible, but that's where we are, some of us. And it's okay if that's where you are. But choose to forgive God for allowing your child to leave this earth ahead of you so that he can come in and give you the things that you need to get out of the darkness and back to a place of hope and light again. Bad things happen to good people. Horrible and evil things happen to God's people. And you have paid what many will say is the ultimate price of sacrifice on this earth, the death of your son or daughter. Does that sound familiar? Because I know someone else who paid the price of his son a little over 2,000 years ago. But we didn't give our children willingly or have a choice, did we? But the big question is, are you going to let it be wasted? Are you going to become bitter or better? What value are you going to place on the life 
of your child. And that's where the mind shift happens, life or death. See, Becca not only died, but she had life. Maybe your child didn't have 29 years of life like Becca. Maybe he had only 16, or maybe she had only seven, or maybe your child didn't even have a life outside of your womb, but there was still life. And because I had the blessing and honor of giving Becca life, I choose to live in a way that honors her life. I refuse to let death cause more death. My death, just waiting around in a shell of a person waiting to die. I will not give the enemy that kind of a victory. And I hope you feel the same way. Because Jesus lives, I can live and you can live. I have allowed my God to make good on his promises in my life, to give strength to the weary and hope to the hopeless. And I will allow that hope to continue to grow as it becomes joy that reaches beyond death, both my child's and mine. And to help me do this, I continually remind myself that this world is not our final destination. Aren't you thankful for that? This is not it. This is not the end. The truly wonderful part happens when we get to leave the sinful world and move to our eternal home with Jesus. And just think, we have someone so close to us who has beat us there and is excited and they're waiting for us to show us around. I think about who Becca's meeting and what she's seeing. And when it's my turn to go, she's going to be right there. And I can hear her saying, Mom, come, (laughs) come meet this person. Come talk to this person. Come see this. Come look at this. What an incredible thing to think that we have a child that's there waiting for us to show us around. It's just an incredible thing to me. The foundation of forgiveness needs to be laid for you to start rebuilding your life. If you don't take care of forgiveness first, you're at high risk. It's like building a house on a sinkhole. You can find yourself with major repairs from an unexpected collapse a few years down the road when you thought things were finally getting better. But if you make the extremely difficult choice to walk through the process of forgiveness in your grief and your pain and your darkness, you're no longer going to feel like you can't survive this horrific path you've been hurled onto. You're going to be able to start climbing out because you will no longer be totally disabled emotionally, which will flow over into your spirit. If you see yourself in any of the things I've mentioned, there's hope. God wants to meet you and heal you of these wounds. You need to be willing to give them to him and stop holding on to the patterns of bitterness and unforgiveness you've been walking in. Believe that he is big enough to release you from your pain and your unforgiveness and let him carry you out of your darkness back to a place of hope and light and life. And even if you decided you don't believe in God anymore or you're not ready to let him off the hook, Choose to forgive those in your life you need to forgive because it will give you the foothold you need to climb out of the pit of darkness. Forgiveness is the foundation to your healing. And now we're going to share our birthday segment. This week we have one birthday 
It is Calvin Joseph Kendricks, Jr. His birthday is this week on June 17th, and I have a son with that same birthday. Calvin is forever 28. Calvin, your family loves you and misses you, and we are glad to have this chance to celebrate your birthday with them. So we have just finished the first series, The Many Facets of Forgiveness, and I would really appreciate your feedback because this podcast is for you. So let me know, what did you like about it? What did you not like about it? What topic maybe you'd like to have discussed? Is there something I can do to make it better? I would love to hear from you. So either leave a comment on the page with the show notes. You can find that at gpshope.org slash podcast slash eight. Or you can just email me directly and tell me whatever you want to tell me about the podcast, good or bad, because I want to make this as the best that it can possibly be for you. So you can email me directly at laura, L-A-U-R-A, at gpshope.org. On the show notes, you're also going to find a link to send the birthday information in of your child so that I can announce your child's birthday the week of their birthday on this podcast. Also, we will have a final week. We'll put the forgiveness prayers that we have gone through up until now where you can go ahead and get the prayers that we have used up until this one about forgiving God. If you would like to get away for a weekend in a beautiful setting with myself and my husband Dave and a small group of just 12 bereaved parents and have just a close intimate time in a beautiful setting, be refreshed and encouraged, make sure you check out our retreat that is scheduled in October. You can go to gpshope.org retreat to find out about that. Or if you go to the show notes, we'll be sure to have a link in the show notes for that. Next week, I will have my first interview here on the podcast, and it is with Ron Kelly. And we're going to talk about grief in the workplace. That is a huge thing when you have to go back to work so soon and you're just in that fog. We're going to talk about that, and I hope you join us because I know Ron will have a lot of encouragement and valuable information on this subject. So I will talk to you next week. But until then, remember to hold on, pain eases, there is hope.